This is The Culture. Hello and welcome back to the Culture Wave Media Network. Thank you so much for checking out our channel. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and now on threads at Cinema Wave Media, as well as at underscore Culture Wave Media on Instagram. I am one of your co-hosts for this episode, Darian Scalamoni. I am joined by Liz Seiko. And I am also <laughs> joined by our producer for this episode, Zach Miller. Yo, what's up? <laughs> and we have a lot to talk about, a lot of uh, important things in this episode, uh, starting with the Emmy nominations that dropped this week, uh, as well as the impending actor strike and the ongoing writer strike that's happening right now in Hollywood. But let's start with the Emmy nominations. It's a very important Exciting time for us. over here. Um, TV's been really popular for a while uh, with the increase in spending and streaming. There's so much television coming out literally every single day. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to start with uh, the obvious nomina- uh, nominations. Uh, the big awards, so to speak. So we'll start with Outstanding Drama Series. We have Andor, which is on Disney+. Plus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Better Call Saul on AMC. The Crown on Netflix. House of the Dragon on HBO Max. The Last of Us, which is also on HBO Max. Succession, also HBO Max. The White Lotus, also HBO Max. And Yellow Jackets for Showtime. So um, I have seen... Interesting that they have it as HBO Max and not just Max, Max. or just HBO, right? right? This is uh, this is we're we're getting our information from Deadline, so thank you, Deadline. Um, but I've seen, let me see, I've seen one, two, three. I was gonna say how many? Four. I've seen five of these shows. You've seen five, like full shows, or just okay? Yeah, in terms of like, uh, I'm caught up. There are some shows on here that I've seen certain episodes, but I'm not all caught up. I've only seen four. Okay, Zach. Out of those, uh, you want me to go over them again? I've seen everything except Yellow Jackets. Whoa. Whoa. Big guy on Whoa. campus here. Everybody watch out. Um, all right. So all – I think this was what we expected. I agree. Do you guys have any that like right <laughs> off the bat you're kind of like, ooh, why was that nominated or something that should have been nominated? No, I think I think drama actually more than more so than comedy has like a very distinct eight. Yeah. Like, I think these are the ones everyone was expecting and or people were kind of on the fence about if, if a Star Wars show would actually get nominated for um, Best Drama Series. But um, I don't know. I, I love Andor. I think it's a great show. It was one of my favorite shows of last year. My pick at this point would be Succession. Mm-hmm. We have a very uh, long conversation for our first episode, so check yeah. it out on the channel. We're huge Succession fans. Big Succession <laughs> fans and big Succession stands. Um, but... Uh, my that would probably be my pick. I love the second season of White Lotus, um, but I think Succession takes it to another level. Last of Us has a chance, but I we'll yeah, see. I don't think I didn't love The Last of Us as much as I think everybody else did. To be honest, interesting. Yeah, wow, your voice has never gotten that high um, before ever. Because I feel like everybody loved The Last of Us, and I was just kind of like, "What's happening?" <laughs> Okay, so which parts of it? We can't get into an extended last of this conversation <laughs> yeah, now, or we'll go down a rabbit hole. But this. so, all right. So, what would be your pick? Your pick would be Succession, succession as well. Succession, one hundred, yeah, one hundred percent. All right, Zach, what are your thoughts? I would go. Um, I think I think Succession, or uh, I just switched my camera. Uh, <laughs> I, I would go Succession or Last of Us for its production value and the different stories that it had in it but okay i don't i think succession overall was the best show i think there's two other ones we haven't mentioned yet that are interesting dark horse potential so i i'm not caught up better call Saul though it's the last season 
It's never I won an Emmy. I want Better Call Saul. Like, I really want Better Call Saul, but it has been robbed. It has never won year. a single Emmy award, which is absolutely crazy based on what I hear about the show. Um, I heard it's I've phenomenal. I've heard great things. I've, I've only ever watched the first episode. Yeah, I'm like five oh, episodes in. The, the I... last season, oh my gosh. Like, it, it ties. Great. Yeah, it ties Breaking Bad all in together. Like, and then. Do you think also, it's a better last season than Succession's final season? Mm, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's I an think... unpopular opinion. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I think it has, a, I mean, it has an outside chance because it's number one. So you think that it could take it? I think it could, but the other one we haven't talked about yet is House of the Dragon because it's been so long. I, I don't it was on. think you don't like it. I did not like House of the Dragon. Interesting. No, I can't I wait for season it. two. I, I, I really like House of the Dragon. I enjoyed it. I thought that it wasn't a super strong start though for such a big series. So I don't think it'll win. Okay, fair point. I think it was a lot of like laying the ground for like the next few seasons. That's a fair point. Um, which may like future seasons it'll probably win, but I don't think season one. Okay. All right. Let's jump to comedy. Um, a lot of interesting uh, debate probably for this one because some of these shows I wouldn't even completely categorize as a comedy, but here I we actually go. read something about that where it was like, what's going on with comedy? Because like some of these aren't even. Like... I think there was an article on like Hollywood Reporter or something. Yeah, right? Yeah, I saw yeah. that too. read the same one. I think we did read the same article. So we have Abbott Elementary for ABC, Barry, which just wrapped up um, on HBO and HBO Max, The Bear. This is season one of The Bear um on fx on hulu we have jury duty which is the big sleeper for amazon freebie mm-hmm. the marvelous mrs mazel's final season on amazon prime video only murders in the building on hulu ted lasso on apple tv plus for its last season as well as the debut of wednesday on netflix um how many of these have you seen so again a caught up i'm one two three only three i'm completely caught up on i've seen most of them okay. but i haven't finished a lot of them i've seen four of them okay zach i'm missing i'm actually missing a lot from this one i'm missing only murders okay i'm missing ted lasso i'm missing what was it what was it wednesday uh, wednesday's on there marvelous mrs mazel yeah i actually haven't seen marvelous I, I, mrs. Haven't, yeah, I haven't caught up okay. on we're wednesday so i've been abbott elementary too I seen that. Okay. Oh, I so i'm abbott. completely me out too. of this one so so this is the hard this is the hard thing for me personally because if it was up to me, it's only between two choices based on what I've seen. Okay, so what, yeah, what are your It would be Abbott or it would be the bear. Okay. Now, the problem with this is that I don't think the bear should even be in the comedy category because mm. I think it's more dramatic, but it's a half hour program. And I do think season one is probably more comedic than season two. Yeah, and this is season this one. This is season one. Uh, and the bear was my second favorite show of last year. So I technically, like, I would have to give it to this. Mm-hmm. But Abbott is so great and it's the best. Um, like formulaic sick broadcast sitcom in years. Like for me, is, since like Parks and Rec, it, it's a like pure no comedy. It's a it. pure comedy. It's great writing. All the performances are awesome, and we'll get to those in a little bit. But those would be my two. I would I would have to give the edge to the bear because I love that show so much. Mm-hmm. Abbott won a bunch at the Golden Globes. It's great writing, so <laughs> I could see it. We also have, I mean, again, like the Dark Horse Jury Duty, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet, but I know uh, Zach has, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit, but <clears throat> that's a popular one right now, and a lot of people were surprised it even got a nomination. Yeah. We have the last season of Maisel. We have the last season of Ted Lasso, which has been very popular with the voters for a very long time. Last season of Barry. Last season of Barry, which 
I don't love. I, I don't. Didn't. You didn't love either. I didn't love it. Zach, I forget what you. I thought. didn't really like it. Okay, yeah. so um, <laughs> so we all agree on that one. All right, so Sorry, I wouldn't give it to Barry, but again, I think Barry won for season one or season two at the emmys whatever yeah. season of one it, it had it's, its time awards, i think yeah. mazel's similar like yeah. rachel brosnahan won her first season she hasn't won since so my pick would be the bear you'd pick the bear okay. i would pick the bear zach do you have any input or you... uh, my input or... would be the bear because that's <laughs> what i've seen but yeah that's that's pretty much but it's it is a good show to be in that category i think it has a good shot yeah it's quality so we'll see um, I'm I'm actually gonna agree with you, and I'm gonna pick the bear. Okay. Too. I because I do like Abbott, but I feel like the bear season one just everybody loved heart right off the bat, and like I I think it deserves it. So I'm gonna pick that one. Okay. Zach, can you give us any sort of idea about Jury Duty for the people that haven't watched it? Because I feel like it's gonna be in the news a lot. Oh, right Jury Duty. Well, my girlfriend wanted me to watch it, so I did watch it. Okay. And I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it was it's more of a reality TV show, which is why it stands alone. It's like mockumentary kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's like Borat style, basically. It's like they put they everything is scripted except this one guy has no idea, and he is basically put into this fake jury duty but he thinks everything is like normal mm-hmm. and um basically all these things keep going awry like all the um jurors like start talking about weird stuff and then they go into all these um crazy things that happen in the courtroom they're like the evidence is getting like slipped up and he's like oh boy is this supposed to happen? <laughs> like all this kind of stuff but it's so different from the rest of the shows i was very surprised that so was it, was it all it. scripted though, or did they have like earpieces in so that the producers could like talk to them? Like, was it kind of like um, what was like like punked? It's um punkedish kind yeah, of where they're like yeah. talking to the people. Is it like Nathan Fielder stuff? Yes, yeah, it's like but there's scripted elements. But there. everyone, everyone is in on it except the guy. God, that is so there, interesting. The and then who's yeah. who's the one guy? James Marsden. Yeah, James, yeah. yeah. randomly awesome. <laughs> for yeah. Uh, all our fans, our hairspray fans out there, that's Corny Collins. Hairspray. Oh yeah, that's I like how that's, that's the reference. I was that's gonna go the, with Enchanted. Dead I was Enchanted. Oh, wait, is he in Dead Me? Yeah, with Christina Applegate. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Oh, I didn't know he was in it. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for Corny Collins. Um, outstanding limited or anthology series. Um, so this was another controversial one because there are two like major front runners and three that I felt like a lot of people thought were surprises. So we have Beef that was on Netflix, Dahmer, uh, the monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. Daisy Jones and the Six, which was a Prime Video uh, original. Fleischman is in trouble on FX. And Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. I have seen two of these fully few episodes of Dahmer. I haven't watched Daisy Jones or Fleischman is in trouble. I really want to watch Fleischman is in trouble because I really love all the actors that are in it. Can I be honest? I have never even heard of that. Okay. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg is in it. Uh, Lizzie. Is Lizzie Kaplan? I think Lizzie Kaplan's in it. Uh, Claire Danes is one of the leads. So beef is the only thing that you've seen fully through. And Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay, right, um, right, right. Obviously, I mean, obviously. Um, beef is one of my favorite shows of the year, so it's by far my pick. Okay. Uh, Dahmer is the popular one. I feel because it was it's one of the most viewed Netflix shows of all time. People were obsessed with it. So I've only seen a couple episodes of it. I don't love it. The only Ryan Murphy stuff I really do love is like the first season of American Crime Story. So yeah. I'm not a huge Murphy Ryan Murphy fan. My pick would be Beef. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? 
Um, I've only seen beef out of all of these. I saw the first episode of Dahmer and I turned it off because I was just like not into it and was kind of like, why are we making this? Um, which I know a lot of people were also like, why is this getting such attraction? Uh, yeah, such attention right now. Um, so I'm going to go with beef because it's the only thing that I can speak about. Okay. Zach, have we seen any of these? I've seen most of them. I think, um, I haven't finished beef. I've seen Obi-Wan. I've seen Dahmer, all of Dahmer, <coughs> Dahmer, <laughs> voice crack. Um, was Obi-Wan good? Oh no. No, Obi-Wan's no, not good. Oh, okay. Which is why, which so is why. So why is it nominated then? Just because they needed another. Because Disney's got the money. <laughs> <laughs> in the pocket no, I, that's the thing that so mandalorian has been nominated for multiple yeah. seasons uh it is definitely a point of conversation right now that this show was nominated if if this would have got nominated andor did and it would have been a major problem because andor is very yeah, prestige it's very well written it's incredibly acted like it's it's acted very well there are a lot of aspects of kenobi that are good but majority of it has a lot of issues so mm. I think that it could be that it's a weak field limited series this year. I mean, you have to think like in past years, like White Lotus was nominated because we it thought was it was a limited, a limited series, series and then it yeah. didn't become that, right? Um, but technically it's an anthology series, isn't it, White Lotus? Isn't anthology when each season's different? Uh, I think it's because of the aspect that, um, that the certain characters come back. Oh, okay, got I it. I think that was what happened when they went through the uh, changing of the Unlimited is like just one season yeah. and it's done or like eight episodes six episodes but anthology is like american horror story because yeah. each one is different yeah so but characters loop in that show the same characters go from season to season i think that they've in they've, it could be the same actors it can't be the same characters i don't think i also haven't seen all the seasons so okay. i won't say that they're the same characters because i could be wrong so i think we're consensus on beef beef right i would go beef okay yeah Liz, do you have uh, you want to take some of these? I think sure. We're on outstanding so the next, lead actress. Next one that we're going to is outstanding lead actress in a drama series. And starting off, we had bad we have bad sisters from Apple TV, who is Sharon Horgan as Ava Garvey. I have not seen Bad Sisters, so we'll keep going. <laughs> Yellow Jackets from Showtime, who is Melanie Linsky as Shauna Sadecki. Um, the Handmaid's Tale from Hulu, Elizabeth Moss as June Osborne, The Last of Us, HBO Max, Bella Ramsey as Ellie, The Diplomat on Netflix, who is Carrie Russell as Kate Weiler, and then Succession, HBO Max, Sarah Snook as Shiv Roy. What are we thinking? I'm going to go Bella Ramsey just because I think the Emmys will like to make a statement that mm. she's the youngest uh actress to be up for that role interesting so, how many of these yeah. have you seen uh, it's uh succession the diplomat the last of us handmaid's tale yellow jacket bad sisters so two of those i think oh okay last of us yeah. succession yeah 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 um i would go so i think it's a i think it's a three um Three-person race, mm -hmm. yeah, between Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets, because people seem to love her performance in it. Um, Bella Ramsey, same as Zach said, and Sarah Snook in Succession, because this is her first time running in lead. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very interesting play. It's the only time she's going to be able to do that, obviously. Um, that's the back and forth I go with now between... I think Melanie Linsky is like the dark horse, but I think it's really between Bella Ramsey and Sarah Snook, and it's mm -hmm. hard 
Um, I've I, heard good things about Bad Sisters, though. I've heard incredible things about Bad Sisters, but I don't know if her performance is completely... I mean, I don't know if it's really a show that's completely led by her. It's more of an ensemble. Like, again, mm. Succession is it's an ensemble. Yeah. Um. So I And I think she'll have more chances, which I why I think... It's hard because Last of Us, we're only going to get at the absolute most three seasons of Succession's over. So mm-hmm. if I had to pick right now, I'd probably go Sarah Snook. Um, I do think Bella Ramsey has a chance. Uh, special shout out to Carrie Russell and The Diplomat. I love her and I think she's great in the show. Um, but that's probably, Sarah Snook's probably my pick. What about you, Liz? Um, I'm going to stick with my train of succession and go with Sarah Snook. Okay. I just really didn't love The Last of Us and so I don't want to give. You didn't like my... her performance? I just didn't really like the show that much. Whoa, that's a future episode. Uh, it has to be. I feel like <laughs> we have to have a conversation with Leslie. This is lead what? actress, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this biggest snub is Rhea Seahorn from Better Call Saul. I think is she in supporting though. And is, Maybe. I mean, she let me is. look. Let me look. No, she's not. No, I think I I read that. Right. Well. Well. Okay. I'm Fact looking, check I'm me looking. first because I don't I have it in front of me. Um, no she is she's supporting she's in support she's in support okay all right but a lot of people i think a lot of people thought about that too and said that she's an elite like she's 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 in less of the sixth season so i guess they put her as i don't know okay she's not like a main character i don't know however they define it (laughs) so we have bella ramsey to sarah snooks Mm -hmm. all right liz give us a outstanding lead actor in a drama please we have the old man on fx jeff bridges as dan chase succession hbo max brian cox as logan roy succession hbo max kieran culkin as roman roy better call saul on amc bob Odenkirk. Oh my god, I just said like Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I, just, I was like stuttering for a second. As Jimmy McGill and Saul Goodman. Slipping Jimmy. And Gene Tovac. Tovac? Is that how you say Tukovic? it? Yeah, well, that's his alias, but. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's what, it says it on here. I guess I should watch this. AKA Slipping Jimmy. And then finally, or no, two more. Uh, the Last of Us, HBO Max. Pedro Pascal as Joel and Succession, HBO Max. Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy. Um, how have you guys? Okay, so I think we got a lot of succession. We have here. a lot of succession going on. Um, Most of the shows we've watched, I've seen all of them. I I saw. I actually really like Jeff Bridges and the Old Man. That's what I've heard. But I think I, this is the of toughest. All of those guys, of no. Like he, he's great in that show, but mm-hmm. compared you think to they those, just threw him like a nom, kind of. I don't know. He was really good in it, and the show was really good. I I just think that it's not going to compare to the rest of those guys and everyone else delivered some of their best performances ever. So, I mean, my pick would be Bob Odenkirk, but I know he's going to get snubbed. I know he's going to, I mean, with those three guys, I, I know, I know that he might not have as much going for him than succession, but I mean, his, his arc, the way he, he closed it out. They've never won a single Emmy in the show. Mm. Yeah, I think this is the hardest category of the night. I don't even yeah. think it's close. Why you think that they're gonna like tip it to him? I think of? that it could literally go to any one of them. Really, and I think it's this. It's I think it's too. I think between the between the fact that Bob has never won for Bob Odenkirk has never won for Better Call Saul yet he's been nominated every single season. So it's that similar thing where uh, what show um, was it Mad Men that that happened with John Hamm? I think he was nominated every single season and he finally Maybe. won the last season. So that's something the Emmys like to do. So I could see that happening. All 
three lead performances in succession are fantastic, but um, Jer- uh, Jeremy Strong's already won. Mm-hmm. Arguably, it's Kieran Culkin's best season. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, are pulling for him. I'm not sure if Brian Cox has ever won. Um, not going to give spoilers on here if you're not a, if you haven't watched the show yet. But there's a specific reason why I don't think this is the season. Or if, I, if he yeah. hasn't been awarded, he shouldn't be awarded this time. Jeff Bridges, again, I've heard great things. He also was battling lymphoma while he was filming mm-hmm. a lot of this. Um, and then I think this is Pedro Pascal's best role as as Joel that I've seen so far, and I think he's really really great in the show. But I think. He has a chance to get awarded down the road, maybe next season. Yeah, like I feel like the I don't think Pedro Pascal will win because I feel like this first season was just them like setting up the world and they didn't actually give him a ton of like space to grow to like go to different heights with the character. I felt like it was just very like let's tell the story and like show the audience like where we're going with this. Um yeah, I mean, I guess now that you guys told me a little bit about like Better Call Saul and that it's its last season and it's never won, I could see it going to him. But I feel like my pick would be Karen Culkin. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ju- I'm gonna stay with. Succession. I'm gonna, ref- I I'm think gonna, it's gonna be a wipeout. I'm gonna refuse to answer, and I'm gonna, no! I'm gonna say it's between the two that you guys picked because <laughs> no, those would wow. be my two. It's, yeah. it's really hard. I think, I think we're gonna have to see where the trend of some of the commentary is going with better call Saul in general because mm-hmm. i think that again i i believe in that whole i think i think it's john ham but if it, the john ham effect like give it to the guy Let's in his, his last chance because i mean i'm a huge Mad Men fan and i've heard i've never heard anyone say that they don't like better call Saul. even the fact that i'm like i haven't gotten through it yet i i it's not that i dislike it um so i would i would probably it's hard i guess maybe i'll binge it would. before before, before the Emmys? Before the Emmys. Oh my God. There's like six, you think long, I can? six seasons. You, think I can? you probably yeah. could. If I watch I believe nothing. in you and Tyler. <laughs> I believe in it. I definitely <laughs> do. Um, all right. You fact check that. Because they're long episodes, right? Aren't they like hour, hour long, long episodes? Yeah. So John Hamm, I'm, ju- I'm just going into this rabbit hole. He's won one Emmy and it was uh, his last season okay. of Mad Men. I'm so proud of myself. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, yeah. I, I, I. I, I need to make this decision in like two weeks. I need a little bit of time. Think about it a little but bit. But I'm going to say it's between Odin Kirk and Culkin. I would agree. I would definitely. I, I think Culkin. Culkin, I, I, Culkin would be my pick between the three succession lead actors. Yeah. That's um, what I was going to say. Although Jeremy yeah. Strong did give a great last season. He's great, he but he's green every season and he's already won. Yeah, but so, they've done crazier things. They have. Emmys are crazy. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. I will go to the outstanding lead actress in a comedy series now. Um, we're talking uh, Christina Applegate, who's nominated for Dead to Me, which is on Netflix. Rachel Brosnahan uh, in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is Prime Video. Quinta Brunson um, in Abbott Elementary on ABC. Natasha Leone as Charlie uh, on Poker Face on Peacock. And then Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday Adams um, in Wednesday on Netflix. Um, so as we, I revealed before, I've never seen Dead to Me. Uh, thanks to the Courtney Collins comment. Yes. Um, but I've heard she's great in it. Um, Brosnan's already won for Maisel. Quinta Brunson is on a hot streak. Mm-hmm. I think it's between her and Jenna Ortega. Mm-hmm. And my pick would be Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary. Okay. So, uh, Liz, what say you? I've seen category? all of these except Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, 
Dead to Me, I love the first few seasons. I think the last season, just because Christina Applegate, obviously she's uh, sick right now too. And so I think it was just a little bit more of like, let's kind of tip our hats to her and give her like a really nice like bow of an ending season. I don't think it was the best season, but it was it was nice. Um Jenna Ortega was really good though as Wednesday. I think that if they give it to her, it's giving it to the pop culture aspect of it. Do I think you? she's I think she's very good in the role. Um I think I'm on the latter side of like I think Wednesday is a very fun show, but I don't think it's I think yeah I don't think it's prestige yeah but I think her embodiment of Wednesday was incredible character work I think she's worthy of a nomination but so you because I I think Rachel Brosnahan is better in Maisel and I know you haven't seen it I think she's great in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel I really liked Poker Face um from what i had watched i think i got halfway through it i and i think she's great yeah Josh i think Leone. she's great she um, uh it was still kind of like the same character that she sometimes does though yeah which is why i think she was great not like have oh, you watched wow. that other show that she did on netflix which, which russian one? doll oh yeah you like I it i loved russian i've heard doll. really good things about it zach russian doll i have not seen russian doll i loved russian doll but again it's kind of like the same vibe okay. like um it's just who who her characters are, which is why, like, I think she did strong performance. It wasn't a surprising performance, though. It wasn't like, oh wow, like where did she come from, or like that wasn't expected. Um, versus like Jenna Ortega, it could have been horrible. Like it literally could have been. Point. It could have been trash. But she, I'm I'm gonna put her as my nomination. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna pick her as it. Okay, Zach. Uh, if we're gonna, I haven't seen any of these shows, so I can really (laughs) contribute to this, but if we're going to follow the last season, um, formula that we gave Bob Odenkirk, probably Rachel Brosnahan for Maisel. Yeah. But yeah, I I can't really say for sure. All right. We're skipping Zach. All right. We'll we'll skip Zach for this category. Um, Liz, do you want to do uh, a lead actor, Uh, lead actor in a comedy series? We're starting with Barry, HBO max, Bill Hatter as Barry. Um, Bill Hatter. Hatter. Hater. Hater. Haters. 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 Shrinking. Apple TV. Jason Segel as J- Jimmy. Jason um, Siegel, Liz. What did I just say? Jason Siegel. <laughs> you read these. I don't want to read them anymore. <laughs> I don't want to read them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Jason Siegel's <laughs> Jimmy on Shrinking on Apple TV+. Plus. I also Mar- said Jamie instead of Jimmy. Oh, no. Maybe I'm having okay. like, a moment. <laughs> um, Martin Short um, in Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. He plays Oliver Putnam. Um, Jason Putnam. S- is I'm it? Kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> so embarrassed. This is so bad. I'm kidding right um, now. Jason Sudeikis as the um, lead character, Ted Lasso, in Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. And then Jeremy Allen White as Carmen Carmi Brazado on The Bear for FX. Um, I think this is The Bear. I don't really think it's a debate um he won the golden globe uh sudeikis i think already has two emmys as ted lasso mm-hmm. um bill Hader, i i think also has one maybe one but if he hasn't i don't think this is necessarily the season he should win um and i think that people really appreciate jason siegel in shrinking but i don't think that it's anything yeah i don't think it's anything remarkable based on what i've seen from the show so my pick would be carmy um carmy carmy so uh carmy too you're gonna go carmy too carmy the bear we all love the bear here yeah. at culture wave 
I mean, I'm, I'm going to do The Bear, too. Okay. Jeremy Allen White. Because I've only other seen Barry and not my pick. Okay. Fair point. <laughs> not my pick at all. Um, would you like a, to take another crack at a outstanding lead actress in <laughs> no, right not right series? Now. Okay, I'll not go for right it. Now. Um, <clears throat> so we have night. we have uh, <laughs> Lizzie Cavlin in Fleischman is in trouble on FX. Uh, Jess Chastain um, in George and Tammy, which is on Showtime. Uh, Dominique Fishback in Swarm on Amazon Prime Video. Catherine Hahn in Tiny Beautiful Things on Hulu. Uh, Riley Keough, I think is how you say your name. I might have butchered that. Um, and Daisy Jones and the Six on Prime Video. Um, and then I believe we're missing a name here on Deadline, but I'm pretty sure it's Ali. Yeah, it is Ali Wong uh, in Beef on Netflix. Um, a lot of strong contenders here based on what I know of. Um, I have only watched Beef. Yeah, I want too. to watch all of these shows, though. I've only seen Beef. Um, I literally love Katherine Hahn so much. I think she's awesome in everything she does. Um, Jess Chastain, I think, is one of the best, if not the best working actress today. Um, but based on the little knowledge that I have of all these shows, I by default have to go with Ali Wong in Beef. But I can see them giving it to Jess Chastain because she's a movie star. Yeah. I would... <laughs> Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Movie stuff. Yeah. I think Chastain always has a, a hand in the ring as like just getting any award because she hands in some of her best roles. Um, I want to go with Beef too, just because I've I've only seen the first couple episodes, but um, Ali Wong, Ali Wong, yes, right. Mm-hmm. She's really um, good in the show, and she's she mostly is. known as a stand-up. She's starting to get into more acting things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she would be my pick. That's mine. I'm picking beef too. Guys, I told you guys we well, were going to agree on wagon. Beef I and the, did beef say and the this. bear. I said that we the would agree. The bandwagon of the beef. Um, this next category is another one where I haven't seen too many of the performances, but we're going to talk about outstanding lead actor in the limited or anthology series or movie. I don't even think I've seen this group yet. Okay. So we have Taron Edgerton as James Keen in Blackbird on Apple TV Plus. Oh. Mil- <laughs> it's great. It's a great show. Oh. It's a great. It's a really, really great oh. show. We'll get into it. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani as Soman Steve uh, Banerjee in um, Welcome to Chippendales on Hulu. Evan Peters as Jeffrey Dahmer in uh, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story on Netflix. Daniel Radcliffe as uh, Al Yankovic in Weird the Al Yankovic Story on the Roku channel. Michael Shannon uh, as Jess Chastain's co-star George Jones and George and Tammy on Showtime. And then Stephen Young as Danny Cho in Beef. Um, Blackbird is fantastic. Is it? I've been recommending it to literally every single person that watches television. Um, it's so good. I don't I, think you guys have recommended it to me. Well, maybe we'll that's because it, you're watching too much reality television, Liz. I just want to give a shout out to Vanderpump Rules. You guys got three nominations for an Emmy. That's all I'm we here, need. I'm here for it. No, but it's great. <laughs> uh, I think he's re- very good in the show. He's there. There is another actor that we'll get to that I think is going to actually win yeah. for this show. Um, so I think it's a worthy nomination. I have, I have actually not heard great things about welcome to Chippendales. So I'm kind of surprised that Kumail got a nomination. I've actually heard nothing about this. Is this like Chippendales? Like Like the club, the club? Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. You were thinking like the Disney chipmunks. No, I really had no like clue what I was thinking for a second, but like with the line, it made me think like Chippendales. And so now I'm like, like, open on the chipmunks. (laughs) 
I've heard the show sucks. Oh, really? No, I heard it's fine. Um, <laughs> Evan Peters as Dahmer is another one that, like, I feel like I think he's got a big shot. Oh, I, but I, I feel I don't know. I don't know if I want him to win, but I I feel like he's got a really good shot. And he, won, he won. Yeah, the Globe, right? The Globe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did win the Globe. He did win so, the Globe, and it was controversial. <laughs> so I think yeah, Stephen Young is awesome as Danny Cho. I would love to give an unbridled shout out to Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al, even though I have never seen the movie because just the Daniel fact that he got Radcliffe. nominated for playing Weird Al Yankovic yep. is enough for me to say that I would Daniel love for Radcliffe. him to win the award. But my pick is Stephen Young in beef. Um, Very dramatic. Thank you. I feel like I have to say beef because I literally, the only other show that I watched was Dahmer Beef and the Bear. Um, but should I just throw it to Daniel Radcliffe just because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan? I think that's fair. Great. I think he actually has won some. I think he won something. I'm gonna throw it there. The Independent first, Spirit Award. And I then think maybe maybe I'll go watch it and then I can rebuke my vote if needed. Okay, fair point. Zach, we have anything on this? Uh, what, didn't I pick something? Taron no, Egerton. I, I no, I don't know if he would be the winner for for the Blackbird. I agree with you. Like I, I think um. I I'm gonna go Evan Peters just because I okay. I think Globe. Mm. Yeah. He might though. He probably will win. I just don't he think Liz and I want him to win. I love Evan Peters. I just I do was, too. He I was really like him as good. an actor. Yeah, I, I mean, like the show is very disturbing, but he was damn good in yeah. the show. I guess I just didn't get the hype around it that like so many people loved it. Well, you only watched one episode, or yeah. not even. Uh, well, I watched one. Maybe. I think I only watched one yeah. for one. Maybe we'll go back and binge it. I won't because I have so many other things. That's a fair point. <laughs> so much Vanderpump rules. Um, we have outstanding supporting actor in a comedy. Anthony Carrigan as NoHo Hank and Barry. Phil Dunster as Jamie Tott in Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Brett Goldstein as Roy Kent in Ted Lasso, Apple TV+. James Marsden as himself wow. in Jury Duty on Amazon Freebie. Eben Moss Backrack as Richard Richie Jeremovich in uh, The Bear on FX. Um, Tyler James Williams as Gregory Eddy in Abbott Elementary, ABC. And Henry Winkler as Gene Cousineau in Barry on HBO and HBO Max. I love this, this group, honestly. This is a great group. This is a great group. I have a lot of people. Honestly, I'm kind of torn between Noho Hank, because I love that character so Me much. Too. Or Richie from The Bear. I don't know. But like, okay, if this is based on The Bear season one, I don't know if I'd give him the nomination. I think season two of The Bear. The award, you mean? Uh, Yeah, the, yes. the award. Um, Season two of The Bear, I think absolutely. But I think I'm going to give it to Barry. No ho, Hank. This is... I love has my game. head in a pretzel <laughs> because I love so many of these performances and I don't think any of the ones you just mentioned are going to win. You don't think either? Why? Which one do you think you're going to win? I think Tyler James Williams is going to win for really? Abbott Elementary. I do. He won the Golden Globe. Um, and the reason I agree with you, I, I think Eben um, Moss Backrack is so good as Richie, but he has this very important highlight, which you see in season two. Which isn't there in season one. And so many of these, think about the category, right? All the Ted Lasso nominations and all the Barry nominations go away next year. 
I'm not saying that's how the voters look at it, but I'm saying that. Well, yeah, but that's why I think they're going to give it to Noho Hank, which I, I, I think is a fair point. I think he's up there. Brett Goldstein is one for Roy Kento, and he's mm-hmm. so good in the show. Okay, he ha- actually, no, I'm going back to Noho Hank. Do you not remember that scene of him when his, spoiler for this, when his partner dies? No, it's, and he's I'm crying? not disagreeing with you that he's not he's, great in the role. Now that I'm really thinking about yeah, this, yeah, he's yeah. totally, he's totally going to take it. Okay. I say Tyler James Williams. Okay. I think he's my favorite character on Abbott Elementary. Um, there's so many good characters on there's that show. So many good but um, yeah, I think I think I think uh, Richie's gonna win next year for the Bear, and yeah. I think that Henry Winkler's already won. And I would like again, I I, I would hate to not reward Noho Hank. I think there was past seasons where I wish they gave it to Anthony Carrigan instead of Henry Winkler because I mm-hmm. think Winkler's won a couple of times. Um, but I'm gonna go Tyler James Williams. Zach, I'm gonna go Noho Hank. Too. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you guys. No, I think I think it's a great category though. And James Marsden as himself is like what a. That's a what great an, tip. What an, yeah, he's seriously. not gonna win. I feel no, like. I don't think so either. But like that's so awesome. Like, I know. Good for him. That like he I even... bet he's laughing right now. Yeah. Like who would have thought? <laughs> um, <laughs> who would have thought this would have gotten? It's so awesome. I love it. Um, outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. We've been talking about this a lot today because every single person in the category is from one of two HBO shows, mm-hmm. either Succession or The White Lotus. So, um, F. Murray Abraham as Bert DeGrasso in The White Lotus. Nicholas Braun as Greg Hirsch in Succession on HBO. Uh, Michael Imperioli is Dominic DeGrasso on The White Lotus. Theo James is Cameron Sullivan on The White Lotus. Uh, Matthew McFadyen as Tom Wamsgams in Succession. Alan Ruck as Connor Roy on Succession. Will Sharp as Ethan Spiller on The White Lotus. And then we round out with Alexander Skarsgård as Lucas Matson in Succession. What a stacked category for literally having two shows. It's all HBO. Shows how great <laughs> that these two ensembles are. Um, I... I don't think I would give it to anyone from White Lotus. If I were to, I would probably give it to Theo James. Mm-hmm. But I, I, agree with that. I, I don't think he's going to win. I think F. Murray Abraham actually won the Golden Globe because it was based on season three of Succession, or okay. maybe they were out of season. Um, I might be wrong on that, so don't fact check me. But the Succession category is so hard. It's I can't I because. Can't <laughs> Matthew McFadyen won last year for Tom Wamsgans, mm-hmm. and he's even better this season. Nicholas Braun is if he if he does not earn an Emmy for his role as cousin Greg, it would be a shame. There will be war. <laughs> and Skarsgård's so good as Matt. So good. That's the problem. He comes in very hard hitting in the last season, which it's like, are they just gonna is he gonna take it, even though he's not one of the staple original cast? Yeah. And a shout out to Alan Ruck because this is his best season as Connor Roy. His best too. season, but I don't know if he'll get it. I don't think he will. Well, I want to hear. Actually, Zach, what do you think first? Yeah, you give your first prediction. I'm gonna go uh, Matthew McFadden, uh, mostly for the monologue with Shiv with mm. uh, on the on the roof. Yeah, when when they're just talking about their marriage, and I mean, there are several scenes their marriage. Deteriorates in the season, and there are so many good seasons. I think Matson is also so good, but Matthew McFadden just has so much range. And I think Cousin Greg is gonna get glazed over because he wasn't as much of a presence this season. I That's agree. a fair point. So, um, and then who 
who is the other uh, well, for succession? Alan Ruck, Alan Ruck is gonna get glazed over too. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's, he's so good in this season. Everything too. he's in, every part he's in, he's great. Yeah, but he's compared to the other ones. I know it's, not, it's hard. Yeah, um, Matthew McFadden is my pick too. By an inch. Yeah, by um, by, I would say him very slightly over Matson. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, just a little bit. I don't know. I think I'm gonna go Madsen. Okay. I do. I know that your heart wants you to say cousin Greg. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if he won, I it would be the greatest thing ever, but I don't think he will. Okay. Um I would though love if like Alan Ruck all of a sudden just like got the I'd be so happy got for him the if win. He won. I think he'd be surprised, which is like you kind of want that at these award shows now too. You don't want it to just be like I knew it. And then them getting up, you kind of want the person to be like, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So surprised so, by it. I mean, if any of these, any of succession wins in this, it'll be great. Yeah. Um, outstanding supporting actor in a limited or anthology series. We're going to try to run through these quickly. Murray Bartlett and Welcome to Chippendales on Hulu. Paul Walter Hauser in Blackbird on Apple TV Plus. Richard Jenkins as Lionel Dahmer in Dahmer on Netflix. Joseph Lee in Beef on Netflix. Ray Liotta in uh, Blackbird on Apple TV Plus, one of his last performances before he sadly mm-hmm. passed away. Uh, Young Mazzino in Beef on Netflix. Uh, Jesse Plemons um, in Love and Death on HBO. Um, the thing I was alluding to before is Paul Walter Hauser has to win this award uh, for Blackbird. He's so incredible in the mm-hmm. show. Uh, the show doesn't doesn't get elevated to that next level, I don't think, if he's not in this role. Okay. Uh, so that would be my pick. Um, I think he won the Golden Globe as well. Um, but that would be my pick. I know people like Richard Jenkins a lot as Dahmer's father. That's what I've heard too. In Dahmer. Um, but I think it's probably between the two of them and then maybe again a um posthumous uh award maybe for Ray Liotta. There's potential for that. Probably um, because of his stature and the history of how great of an actor he was. Um, but I would probably go Paul Walter Hauser. Oh, do you want me to go? You can go. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I don't know if Liz is, <laughs> has seen a lot of these. Yeah, I really haven't seen a lot of these. Prob- like, Beef. But I'm also only three episodes into Beef. So, like, I don't know if these are strong enough performances in the first three episodes for me to want to vote for them. Okay. I'm going to go Paul Walter Hauser, too. I think Richard Jenkins was really good and Dahmer, but um yeah i i agree for the sake of him carrying the show at paul walter hauser's carrying blackbird by far so interesting so liz will skip over you yeah you just skip over enough, me right? i don't have enough okay. of opinion. so we'll go to outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series we have alex borstein uh in the marvelous mrs mazel io edabiri as sydney in the bear on fx janelle james as ava coleman on abbott elementary on abc uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph as Barbara Howard on Abbott Elementary and ABC. Juno Temple as Keely Jones in Ted Lasso, Apple TV+. Hannah Waddingham as Rebecca Welton in Ted Lasso, Apple TV+. And Jessica Williams as Gabby on Shrinking in Apple TV+. Go for Apple TV+, getting so many nominations. I know, right? Uh, I really love that streamer. Um, I'm going to apply the exact same logic that I had for season I think next year's Emmys, The Bear Rules. I agree. I think that Jeremy Allen White is going to win. Uh, I think it has a chance for comedy series, um, but I don't think she's going to win my pick. Now I think I want to just give a shout out to Hannah Waddingham. I'm not caught up on Ted Lasso, but she is so amazing on that show. Uh, And I hope 
she wins, even though I haven't seen her in the most recent season because I love her. But my pick is Cheryl Lee Ralph as Barbara Howard in Abbott Elementary. She won last year, right? I do think she won last year. She, or she sure. did, she might have won the Golden Globe too. We get so confused with I these know. shows. But she might have won the Emmy last year as well. I Ava she... Coleman is another one that like again like Janelle James is so hilarious on the show. Um but I think that Cheryl Lee Ralph is like the heartbeat of mm-hmm. what that show is. Like Quinta Brunson is the brains and and the amazing writing behind it and the face, but Barbara Howard is the heart of Abbott. I so. think she won last year, but um I think she can go back to back. <laughs> you can say it. Ava Coleman, though, for me, is just like the epitome of the comedy in that show where you're just like, what is happening with this character? So I'm going to give it to Janelle James. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're sticking on the Abba train. Zach? I haven't seen everything um, in this list, but I think similar to how Richie carries season two of The Bear, mm-hmm. I think Io really carries the... Um, season one of the bear interesting so like just i mean jeremy Allen white is awesome in season one but her um integration into the restaurant and and her stress level along with his i think the just those two alone could have been the best part of that show That's interesting. in season one i i think the way they explored certain themes with her and the background and building her up in season two especially with her relationship with her father Mm-hmm. It's a reason I think I think the Bears gonna like I shouldn't say sweep, but the Bears gonna win a lot next I year. Agree. And they have a lot of time left, like a lot of shelf life on the show. I don't think the show's gonna run for like ten seasons or anything. But I think that season as great as season one is, I think season two is even stronger. And I think the field next year is a lot easier to crack. So that's why I have to push. I don't think she's gonna I don't think she's gonna win this year. I don't year. think yet. But yeah. I think I, I I think Richie has a better chance. For next for for this season, oh, for, for this but, but then okay. her. But I think Abbott is just such a hot thing right now. It's so, just so funny. It is very funny. It's so funny. Um, outstanding supporting actress in a drama, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, in the getting a nom- another nomination in the White Lotus for Tanya McCoy Hunt, uh, Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana in The Crown on Netflix, uh, Megan Fahey as Daphne Sullivan in The White Lotus, Sabrina Impacciatori. I wonder if I said that right. As Valentina in The White Lotus. Aubrey Plaza as Harper Spiller in The White Lotus. Rhea Seahorn as Kim Wexler in Better Call Saul on the AMC. Jay Smith Cameron as Jerry in Succession on HBO. And Simona Tabasco as Lucia. Or Lucha? Yeah, you say it. Lucha. In The, in the White Lotus. Lucha. Sure. Um, remind me. that uh, Lucha is the one of the two um, call girls. Yeah. Yes, I'm but pretty which sure. one? I think Valentina is the one who's the singer. I think Valentina is the hotel manager, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe they, you're uh, right. The, the brunette is. Yeah. Aren't they all brunette? Lucia. I have to look. No, the other call girl is blonde. She's the piano player. That, yeah, okay, singer. that's. Yeah, so Valentina is, is the, the hotel manager. Hotel manager, okay. And Simona Tabasco plays. What a great last name. Such great last name. Simona Tabasco. Um, sorry guys. Uh, Lucia, yes. Um, she is so good in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is such a hard category for me because I also think Megan Fahey is so, so, so understatedly good as Daphne. Um, and then Aubrey Plaza is like the obvious one. I know, but Jennifer Coolidge, guys. But she won already. I don't care. But I know, I get it I because it, this is like her iconic moment yeah. and her iconic character, so I get it. 
I'm going to say that Jennifer Coolidge is probably the front runner to win. I love it. But I really want Megan Fahey to win. Okay. Um, And I want to, again, like, I'll, I'll let Zach talk about it, but I haven't, I think Rhea Seahorn easily can win. <clears throat> I think this. with this category, yeah, I think Rhea has a very solid shot. I think she would be a huge snub if she loses it to this. Look, I think everyone does great in the White Lotus, but oh my gosh, what she gives as as um Kim and Better Call Saul. Oh my gosh, it's just gut wrenching. So I, I would really hope that she wins the Oscar. That's the a fair point. Um, I would love uh, so Jerry from Succession is one of my favorite characters, but I think it should have been for a different season. Because I feel like the last season, she's very on the back burner story-wise. Like, I think the season that the whole picture thing with her and um, Colkin's character, mm-hmm. that season would have been a good nomination for her. Yeah. But I think this is more just a, like, tipping the hat kind of and giving her um, a shout-out. But I... Um... I am going to stick with Jennifer Coolidge. Okay. It's my girl. It's your girl. I get it. I definitely get it. Um, the last category we're going to go over is Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie. Before we get into this category, though, I, I don't mean to speak for everybody, but I'm pretty sure most of us haven't seen a lot of these. Um, so we'll just run through them really quick. Um, but I don't know if we'll have the most expert opinion on this category in particular. Uh, Annalie Ashford in Welcome to Chippendales on Hulu, Maria Bello on Beef on Netflix, Claire Danes in Fleischman is in Trouble on FX, Juliette Lewis in Welcome to Chippendales on Hulu, Camila Maroney on Daisy Jones and the Six, which is on Prime Video, Nisi Nash Betts on Dahmer, and Merritt Weaver in Tiny Beautiful Things on Hulu. My pick is Nisi Nash, Nash Betts because she likes our stuff on Instagram and we Whoa, love you, Nisi Nash. Shout so out. I am rooting for you, girl. You're my pick. Uh, I haven't seen any of these shows besides Beef. Yeah, I've literally But Maria Bello is good in the show. I don't think she's good enough to win. I've only seen Beef, so I guess I'm just going to give it to Beef. Okay. <laughs> I'm going Nisi Nash, too. I love that. The Dahmer. Dahmer. She's Dahmer. I, from the one episode. I mean, she's she. I don't see enough of her in the first episode to, like, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, be, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Nisi Nash, we're rooting for you. Yeah. We love you over here at Cinemaloid Media. Um, and the one other more ca- shout out to Vanderpump Rules. All right, we'll, totally winning. We'll go to reality. We'll go to reality TV. We'll wrap up. Cut her off. TV. Don't cut me off. <laughs> we're gonna go to reality TV, and we're just gonna cut to Liz, and we're gonna give her this category. So go ahead, Liz. So outstanding unstructured reality program, Indian matchmaking on Netflix, RuPaul's Drag Race on MTV, Selling Sunset Netflix, Vanderpump Rules Bravo. And welcome to Wrexham FX, which I've actually never seen. I have seen that. How funny is that? That's the only show on that that I've watched. Did you like it? Yes, I love it. Wait, what's the premise? I've actually never even heard of it. Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny and Ryan Reynolds by a soccer team. Yeah, okay. Yes, it's fantastic. It's really great, but I'm sure it's not as good as Vanderpump. And Vanderpump is taking it away. Everyone should watch it. Go binge. It's like 10 seasons long, 25 episodes per season. And it'll take you like six months. Go. I'll give you Vanderpump. (laughs) I'll give you my bid for that. (laughs) I will root for it too, Liz, just for you. 
Um, but we're going to transition really quickly because as it stands right now, as we're recording, we're about two hours away from finding out whether or not we are going to be getting uh, an actor strike yes. in Hollywood. A uh, very important and serious topic because some people will be out of jobs. Um, and obviously, uh, if you didn't already know this, the writer strike uh, has been happening in Hollywood for a few months now. Mm-hmm. And things are getting to these very heated levels between SAG and the WGA about um, mistreatment, things with artificial intelligence, a bunch of different things. So, Liz, I want to start with you as someone who um, is ha- has been an actor for years. Um, what are your thoughts on just the overall conversations that you've heard about and just the temperature in the room so to speak with this yeah i mean i looking at what um i've read a few articles now about specifically what they are pushing back for and what they are requesting um and i mean i think it's legitimate things a few of the items that they so actually going back and the end of june like on the 28th there was a letter that was kind of sent to the sag after leadership um from the members and it was like 300 plus actors that signed this letter and it was pretty much saying that if their needs aren't met or if a deal is struck and it's only kind of a mediocre deal that they are willing to strike and so then that's what started all the nat- the news about like oh a strike could be coming because they let um the leadership know that they're considering it and so in the letter they go on to talk about uh how they want a minimum pay met. They go on to talk about residuals that they want it to be considered in the growth of streaming, because obviously that's a huge topic of how do you actually get paid residuals on streaming services? Mm -hmm. There's not really, at least from my knowledge, a way for them to determine how many people are streaming. A lot of the streamers are hiding numbers. Exactly. Um, Versus how it used to be with residuals. They just get something paid each time. So it, that's a, that's a iffy topic on exactly how to fix that. But then other topics are healthcare, pensions, um, AI concerns, which that I find is a very interesting topic because um, there's concerns with uh, specifically in voiceover work that casting companies and um, specifically like commercials will start using AI to be the voiceover rather than an actual actor and an actual person. Mm-hmm. So then that's also taking work away from these actors um, that a lot of people voiceover work is where they make their money on the side when they're auditioning or trying to look for their next big gig. So that's a big concern. And then something that I'm not really super, uh, it's a little cloudy of what they're looking for is they said regulations around how self tapes are used in the casting process. So I don't know if that means they want more self-tape opportunities so that they don't have to go and travel for meetings and travel to audition in person, or they want less of self-tapes because obviously since the pandemic, self-tapes were huge and that was how a lot of people were auditioning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just don't really know what specifically they're looking for for that specific item. Um, but yeah, so that's what they're looking for. And it sounds like the SAG after members are not looking for a quick deal or negotiation. They're looking for hardcore, um, solutions to like these problems and they don't want 
just one of them, like, for example, I think they said in it, they said they don't want just one of these topics to be handled. They want all of them to be addressed mm -hmm. in their new negotiations. Um, so I don't know this. I mean, I think I do think that it's going to go to strike. I don't know how long it will last, though. I don't know if it'll be as long as um, the writers, but it could. They could also be trying to team up because I think at this point, um, the writer's strike is putting on such a hold on future projects too, that then some of the actors might be getting nervous that they might have work for like a year, but then in the year after that, there might not be future projects because everything's on hold writing wise. Yeah. So this, this is something that's been a really crazy topic for a while now because SAG after entered negotiations with the producers on June 7th mm -hmm. and there was a 98% yes vote on striking yeah so this this goes all the way to the top of the food chain with some of the biggest actors you guys may know to all the people that again they're actors in a different way right like they're in commercials yeah. and they're doing like you said voiceover work and paycheck you might not to paycheck yep exactly you might not know them based on like watching a show like wednesday on netflix but they're still actors and this is their job and uh similar to the writers now we're going to get into a situation very quickly where it's going to continue to go, right? Mm -hmm. Like it can very easily, again, they've been in negotiations for June 7th. They extended it to June 30th and now it expires tonight at midnight if they don't come to an agreement, which it doesn't look like they're going to. No. Um, so having said all that, I would agree with you. I think that, I think that a lot of the things that they're asking for are very fair. Uh, the aspect with the streaming numbers is something that I've kind of honed in on for the last couple of years. Cause I remember when the streamers started to have this shift, right? Like Netflix started being like, all right, we're also going to run as a production company and a studio. And we're going to have hundreds of movies every single year mm -hmm. that goes against all the other studios like Universal and Disney and yada, yada. Um, some actors have had deals in the past with certain studios that they get money back based on box office and things like that. Netflix, they have these deals, I believe, and some of these other streamers probably where they front load a contract to give them a certain payment. But what if something does really well? Like you have to, uh, I know one story in particular that I was reading about recently was like Squid Game, mm. right? The creator of Squid Game, uh, it's, it's by far the most watched show that's ever come out, I think on any streamer ever. And he just got his upfront fee, which because he had never worked on anything nearly as popular he wasn't making the money that Netflix yeah. was making based on the marketing opportunities and the merchandise and all these different things. Right. And again, usually what you see, at least in terms of the actors is if they get popular from one thing, they'll kind of go off going back to like Wednesday, like Jenna Ortega was a name that people were aware of. Now she's like one of the biggest stars on the planet. And she's getting roles all the time. Yep. So I think that the streaming numbers are important. They should be disclosed to, all the people that are signing off for these projects and seeing how popular and they might be able to build off of something. Um, the AI has been a problem in every single field in Hollywood right now, especially the writers as well, because there's this worry about how you can just kind of push away writers in general mm -hmm. because of artificial intelligence with actors. I know some of the problems that they also face. It's like, we've already seen little bits and pieces of this on certain shows and, and movies where we're having this de-aging technology, which yeah. was one thing where it's like, oh, that's that's kind of cool, right? And But now they're merging other things along with the de-aging. And it's like, is it mostly AI? Is it, is it not AI at all? There's other aspects like um, being able to, like there's there's 
some aspects where you could see AI maybe potentially helping, like looping, right? Like not bringing in actors to loop again, but maybe some of them enjoy that process. Mm-hmm. And they don't want an artificial intelligence that sounds like them doing their ADR, yeah. right? So um, I think it's a very interesting situation as most strikes usually get to an interesting situation, right? You have two different groups that completely disagree with a lot of what is being done. Um, I definitely think they're going to strike. I'm like you. I don't know how long it will last. Uh, I do think that they are very much in solidarity with the writers because we've seen a lot of actors on the picket lines for the last few months. Uh, I was just reading before Jessica Williams, who got nominated um, for Shrinking, mm-hmm. her first Emmy. Uh, she was celebrating by going on the picket lines. Yep. So um, you're seeing a lot of that. And I think the interesting part about this is we're going to be in a very interesting scenario because Hollywood and just film and television in general right now have gone through so many different periods in the last few years, especially where you had COVID right where they were front loaded and and they weren't too worried about it. And they started sending certain films to streaming and that might've expedited the process of why we're currently in, in a situation where not only are movie theaters like so expensive now to go, um, as much as we love movies, like we'll pay whatever, but we're not the everyday man and woman trying to take their family out yeah. to see a movie. Um, you have that. Plus you have all these, especially this, this current summer, there's a lot of box office bombs. Indiana Jones, the last Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford is not going to make its money back. No, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, you have the flash, which was some like, again, a character that people were hyping up the movie. James Gunn came out and said, it's one of the best comic book movies of all time. Didn't do well at the box mm-hmm. office. Um, so you have these situations too, where I think that the actors should be doing what they're doing, but we're going to get to a point where, especially as movie fans, the industry is going to alter a lot. And it's like, are we going to have like four movies a month coming soon? Like, is it going to be something like that? Are the streamers going to be able to have less volume now? And is that actually going to improve the product and some of the films we've been watching and things like that? I would hope that that's the outcome, but we're, I'm not too sure on that. No. I mean, it's also an interesting thing because what if, which I do think the strike's happening. So like when the strike happens, it puts a halt on all promotion too. So like Barbie right now, the Barbie movie is on this huge promo marketing campaign of like, having uh, Margot Robbie out there all the time, all these press uh, pictures are happening. That would come to a halt because mm-hmm. she can't promote anymore. And so, um, like, I know they can't go to, like, Comic-Con and all that stuff, too. So that's huge because that's where a lot of these actors make their money is in the marketing and promotion of things, mm-hmm. too. They can't do commercials. They can't do side gigs to make money. They have... That's why a lot of these... Um, celebrities and actors on times like this they go and try to make their own company because they're like i need to make money but i also want to support my uh i want to support the guild and like make sure that we're getting the right thing but i also have to support myself at the end of the day um something that i actually read that i think is really interesting is that the last time that sag and the writers guild striked at the same time was in 1960 and it was because they were uh, striking about residuals for movies that were going to be on television. Interesting. Yes. So it's kind of similar to so streaming. It's, ve- it's very similar. It's So 
I mean, they should be able to come to an agreement. I think that they do need to get smarter with how are you going to pay people that are making these incredible shows versus the ones that aren't doing so well on streaming. And at the end of the day, streaming is just a numbers game. So they should be able to show those numbers to yeah. people. I think that the other part, like you just talked about too, with the promotion of materials, like think about if this does continue to go on until November, December into 2024, what happens when the Academy Awards come around? Like how do you can't promote any of these films? Like, it. so start again. And like you said, Barbie, Barbie's on this massive marketing tour right Huge. now, and they're probably smart for doing it earlier than they are because their film comes out next week. That's his Oppenheimer, which I feel like is not doing. They're doing a little bit of press. I've been seeing Killian Murphy and stuff and maybe Matt Damon, but I haven't seen much else with them. All these films that are going to come out for the remainder of the summer for, um, for the fall, like the fall season and things like that. Like, again, like some of these things don't get driven in the engagement of casual no. movie fans because they're unaware of it. Mm -hmm. Like the, uh, everything everywhere all at once. Now that's a film that came out, <clears throat> excuse me, earlier in the year last year, but let's say a film like that was coming out later this year. There very easily could be a film like that that comes out later this yeah. year that a lot of people may not know about. A lot of people may never be aware of, and we don't have a situation with the Daniels, right? That could easily happen. And again, I think that the writers and the actors feel strongly about what they're doing because they should be fairly compensated for the work that they do. Um, but we're talking about a situation now where the longer this goes on, it's going to hurt everybody. Yep. And I think the unfortunate thing is that the producers um, basically play this game with the writers and the actors where they're like, we will hold off as long as we possibly can and then we'll give you not everything you want, but we'll bend and we'll give you, I don't know, like maybe 50% of what you yeah. want, 40% of what you want. In some cases, rarely 60 to 65% of what you want. But that's where I think it comes down to a certain point, right? Like how long are they willing to let this happen? Mm -hmm. There are things that are in the bank. When uh, we finally returned from COVID, a lot of things went into production. Yep. There's a lot of streaming services now. There are a lot of companies that are merging. I mean, Disney bought, 20th century fox over the last few years right there's all these talks about stars and Lionsgate mm -hmm. departing and we can see certain i mean showtime is now with paramount yep so the that aspect of it is also very interesting it's like how long is this going to keep going before we see a situation where everybody loses uh i think that the producers really need to sit down and they need to realize that they're they're not really anything without the actors or the writers yeah and I think that they're going to have to come to a point where they come to an agreement. But Zach, what are you, Zach, what are your thoughts on, on not only the actors strike that we're waiting on, but the writers strike that's been going on for the last few months? I think it's going to be really interesting too, because um, like you were saying, the producers do like to hold out in these situations and for the writers to, um, they like there, there was that one article that they talked about, Oh, we're going to start to whoever the quote was from, it was really outlandish and super uncalled for, but they were like saying that we can, you know, outlast the writers until we bleed them broke. And that type until of they situation. start losing their homes. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So that's unbelievable. Um, but it is a reality because the writers obviously can't perform financially the same way the studios can, because they're working project to project and they're trying to figure something out in that way. And then, it's also really interesting too because I don't know if you guys were familiar with the IATSE strike 
that almost happened um, a year ago, a little or almost two years ago now. No, I'm actually not. Yeah. So IATSE is basically a lot of the technicians and below the line workers. Mm. So a lot of uh, grips, electric, um, set dressers, set decorators, a lot of people that work specifically on set, not particularly camera people, but other pretty much everyone else that's under that umbrella. Um, but basically their president went through a similar situation and there was letters sent out to all the workers. Everyone was saying the same things. We're standing in solidarity. A lot of people were behind it. Like there mm -hmm. was actually a few pages on Instagram and Facebook of workers that I was following too, just to keep like a direct line update on it. And, um, people were all gathering, commenting, everybody was in it trying to stand in solidarity. It looked like it was about to happen. The president went to the table with the producers and then at the 11th hour, he folded and he took a lesser deal. Mm. So it was like really interesting because, and then, you know, all these other workers are like, what are you doing? We had the votes. Like they were also ready to strike. They had a very favorable number of people ready to strike and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So they were saying, okay, the president folded a little bit and didn't really support us the same yeah. way that we wanted to. And there wasn't a strike at that point. So now it's kind of funny because it's coming back to bite them because now the writers and SAG are about to strike and they might get what they want and they should have done that yep. before. So I think SAG will probably strike tonight or tomorrow, whenever that is. But because I feel like there is a big momentum buildup, although there was one before with the IATSE strike, I think that SAG has come out in solidarity with the writers, especially, and then they have these own separate demands. Exactly. So I think it also has to happen to improve the industry. But yeah, it will put a bleeding hole into the industry for probably at least six to eight months, yeah. whether it stops soon by the end of the year or it goes into next year, like it's still going to have a rippling effect because they're going to lose so much time. And if you lose your actors, you can't make the movies. No. So, so yeah, I think that yeah. it is. Have you noticed though, that this week there's been a lot more trailers released because I think they're trying to just put out what they have before they're completely cut off from promoting it. The other thing I noticed is especially the last few days. And this is just like on the comic book fair, but like, um, they they just casted four new cast members for Superman Legacy, which doesn't go in, in into production. The film releases in twenty twenty five, so it wasn't supposed to go into production until January of twenty twenty four, if it even reaches that anyway. But even those things, like they have to stop all negotiation. Yeah, everything. So even these actors are now probably good. like we still might see some casting announcements in the next few days trickling out that might have happened today or a couple days ago when we're finally learning about them through Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, mm -hmm. Variety, whatever. Um. But those are going to cease like yeah. all of these things. So even again, like you're talking, like you said, any promotion like late night, late night TV is also not even happening right no, now because it's of the all writers. Whole, yeah. Um, so you have podcasts like but even there, like you might start to see um, like one of my favorite podcasts is Smartless, which is hosted by Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett, all actors, some writers, right? And directors. Um, they might continue to get more people on, but they're mm -hmm. not going to be promoting their films and they're no. not going to be promoting their television series or their streaming series. So I think that's the interesting thing of it. The one other thing I wanted to ask you, Liz and Zach, was do you think – I think we all are in agreement that 
actors and writers are in solidarity with one another, yes. at least to a certain extent, right? And their unions. Do you guys think that they're going to be able to, when they do eventually, hopefully reach their own respective deals, do you think that it's going to be happening one after the other? You think it's going to be happening one sooner than the other? Where do you guys stand with that? I think actors, I think SAG will uh, solidify it sooner than writers will. Only because the Writers Guild, I think, only has, I think it's like 11,000 members, while SAG has like 130,000. I could be wrong on those numbers, but like, I think it's around there. So SAG has much higher numbers to lose mm -hmm. versus writers. It's a much smaller group. Also, I, I'm pretty sure that the Directors Guild had uh, recently renegotiated maybe last year, and it was almost the same concerns as SAG, where it was like AI was discussed, um, healthcare, pension, and they... I think they were able to come to like an agreement and like terms. So I think SAG is like, well, if Directors Guild could, like we need this too. And then I think it'll then trickle down to, okay, well, if SAG got it, then Writers Guild can get it. Gotcha. But I don't think it'll happen at the same time. Okay. Zach? Yeah, I don't think that it's going to happen at the same time. I, I do think SAG will probably happen first solely for their influence mm -hmm. and the fact that they do need the actor i mean it's selfish but they do need the actors over the writers in most instances at least the, the productions that have been still going um but i mean even the productions are closing off now like there's only like two or three productions on the east coast still running right now with the writer's strike the writers like everything that was written on set they had to work with they couldn't do any rewrites so they could shoot whatever they had written but they couldn't have writers on set and they couldn't have any rewrites but i think i mean it would be such a backhand though to the writers as well to like get the sag done like close that off quick and then the writers because they might also figure that a lot of well not honestly sag has more people in it so i won't even say that a lot of people are financially better like because i think there was like a stat that was like the one percent or like five percent mm -hmm. of sag is like financially like okay or yeah. in that top tier class but um yeah it's just going to create a slew of problems for the industry and i i do think that they will reach their own deals at different times so yeah yeah i think that the other interesting thing is that <clears throat> The writers have been on strike since, I believe, early May. I think mm -hmm. it was May 2nd might have been the day that they, they started striking. Um, and there were still – there were some people that were shutting down productions for their respect. Some did it for a week. Some yep. did it for a couple weeks. Some did it for a month. Some never went back. But there were a lot of productions that continued on. So I do think that's one thing to worry about because, again, I, I do think that's – I agree with both of you guys. I think SAG will probably settle sooner. I do think it will take some time. Um I think there's a chance like if they start striking tonight, we might not hear anything is done until like September, October mm. could maybe get till the end of the year, possibly. I don't think it will, but there's a, there's a chance. Um, the other concern is like, you think about all these projects that are in development. Yeah. Right. Think about how many things you've read about or you've heard about. I mean, things that I've written about on, on cinema waves website for years that have not come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Right. They have all these scripts that have never been made that they just never touched again or they wanted rewrites, whatever. 
they can't do the rewrite part of it, obviously, but there's, if there's a script that something didn't work out for whatever reason, um, and things like that happen all the time, but I could see where SAG eventually makes a deal come October, they go back into production late October and they start some of these projects that were in development and the scripts are already done, which pushes then the writers yeah. strike still because yeah. they won't bring them back on. Yeah. So I, I can definitely see that also being an issue because you know that they have all these scripts that are bought and they're banked and they have ip and a bunch of different things i mean there's a lot of things to talk about it's a lot of is there anything any other things you guys wanted to say to wrap it up no i mean i think it's also an interesting topic for um like young actors and writers who are just trying to get their foot in the door the pressure of like maybe they aren't sag yet but they're trying to be and it's like do they keep working or do they stand in line with the people that they eventually want to be in the same guild with and not work to try to like support them or do they keep trying to do smaller independent films on their own just to keep working um, just so that they can build their resumes so I think that's always an interesting topic too because you have to Technically, it's just SAG members, but it's like, do then all actors kind of take a stance, even if you're not in SAG and you're young and like having just graduated or something like that? Yeah. Zach, anything? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I hope that they reach their agreements sooner than later. Um, but, you know, I'm pulling for them to have as much as they can in those deals and just hope that they come out on top because they are definitely overworked and not compensated correctly um in both guilds and um unions so yeah i just hope that everything smooths over pretty soon but you know i'm not overly optimistic it will be any time in the near future i think it's going to be a little bit of time before that happens and the dust settles yeah for sure well i want to uh just speak for all of us saying that we we stand with all the people that we want fairness and equality in, in this business and the business that we love. We love talking to you guys about. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're still movies and TV shows to talk about. So we'll do that in the meantime. But again, we do stand with everyone just having an equal and fair opportunity uh, to get equally compensated for the work that they're doing in uh, in Hollywood and in film and television at every level. Um, so I thought that was fun. We had a good conversation today. We talked about a lot of things um we have a lot of content coming out for you guys um we have this episode we got a lot of big things coming out soon barbie and oppenheimer coming out which some of the biggest movies of the summer a lot of shows coming to streaming uh so just be on the lookout on instagram on threads um and on our youtube channel as well as tiktok to see all the stuff we have coming for you so signing off i am darian scalamoni i am liz seiko (laughs) and i'm zag miller oh my gosh (laughs) it's been a great time thanks for tuning into our podcast Thank you guys, and we'll see you again soon.